What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. Welcome to Lulz. Um, You know, we got a lot going on in my personal life as the cash game king. Uh, if you've seen on Twitter right now, I'm being restricted from a depositing uh, perspective right now, which is threatening to derail cash game week. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we do want to look back on the year of Lulz. We've had some uh, big episodes, some milestone episodes. We'll recap some of that and then you know, set our sights on 2024. What does the future hold for us? What does it hold for Lulz? All of that today with Pete and Brick. I, does he think? I think he thinks go. this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS cats pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. All right, Brian Hooper. It's time for lols. Uh, how are we doing today, buddy? Fantastic, Pete. Feeling great. Feeling good. Do you have a good New Year's? What did you do for New Year's? Oh, hung out with my family. Yeah. Did you get yeah. bombed, bro? I did. Um, <laughs> my brother was in town. He drove up from Florida, <clears throat> one of my brothers. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was sick for two days straight. So, did I. I, uh, we did, we had people over on Friday and then we went to our neighbors invited us over Saturday and like, I rarely do back to back nights of drinking these days. And so by the time Sunday rolled around, I was, I was just done. So man, I can't, yeah. can't keep up with the young bucks. Yeah. 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 Two in a row is, it's not going to happen these days unless it's something going on. You know, I mentioned like a golf trip. I could do it. Cause you like spread it out, you know, over the day. Yeah doing athletic stuff, you know, a little exercise. Um, yeah, but just sitting there watching, you know, the 85-inch TV with your <laughs> just talking shit. No. It was, it was weird, too, for it to, you know, when New Year's Eve falls on a Sunday, too, right? Because you people get the weekend. Like, you, you know, normally New Year's Eve, if it falls, what, like on a Wednesday, like people are chilling Monday in Tuesday, and then you're like, all right, I'll, I'll party this one night, and then we'll just figure it out. But everyone had Friday and Saturday. So uh, I don't know how everyone else paced themselves, but I did not do a good job yeah. myself. Yeah, it was a good year to actually to not do anything. Yes. Uh, and then just recoup on Monday, Sunday, yes. Monday. Um, the other big loose end we have to tie up, how did your team that didn't make the finals mm. fare in the finals? It it won the whole thing, Pete. Three million. Holy shit. Holy shit. I, so you were that, that was you on Liam's podcast celebrating your $3 million win. I think so. I don't remember doing that, but it had to be, if that's who it was. And you do, you're like a house DJ on the side. You used to drive semi trucks to support your gambling habits. 
Yep. That's okay. that's me. Well, congratulations, Brian. Uh, <clears throat> you need to update your name tag down here to BBM four champ. When I first started playing poker, there was a guy who was a regular uh, at the casino and he, he was a, he was a fucking truck driver and he was the worst limit holding player I've ever seen in my family. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me remind me of this guy <laughs> 20 years ago. No, not that long ago, but close to it. Actually probably was 20 years ago who would and, uh, uh, punt off his, his trucker um, money. Really? Yeah. It, if you, if you guys haven't heard uh, his interview with, uh, with Liam, you could check that out. He actually hopped on the swole cast uh, yesterday for a hot second as well. Kitchen surprised us with that. Cause he did shout out David kitchen as part of his victory speech, which that's how, you know, we live in the best timeline. You know, you think of, you know, all the DFS guys who unironically, you know, tag ETR when they win or whatever their run pure stuff for our BBM champ to ironically uh, tag, kitchen as a thank you i mean that that's the best possible timeline i didn't know i didn't know he was a, a regular dude so i'm 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 happy for him now <laughs> but i just didn't want a dfs bro to win i just I don't know if i can handle it yeah uh what it's else like oh ricky d wins three million again oh great <laughs> so happy for you dude that ricky d would have been the most tilting after he's like best ball's not worth my time or whatever and then he has like 150 and ends up shipping it that would have yeah. been bad oh i auto drafted that one uh and then speaking of this brings me back to uh the the cash game king the bbm champ himself i actually kind of was you know poking the bear a little bit on the swole cast i said he should send me a 1k uh for cash game week and so lo and behold i receive it uh last night i go to click it brian and uh, I did not have $1,000 in my account. I said, no problem. Deposit King. He'll slide some money around over here. We'll accept this. Boom, Brian. They hit me with a weekly deposit limit. They say the Deposit King can't deposit more than 3 k on DraftKings. And they said, don't worry. We'll get you squared away for next week. You can deposit whatever. I fill out the form. Brian, there is, there is no next week. Like, this is the cash game week. And now I have $13 in my account in like 100 unanswered head-to-heads. You and you sounds like you did it the right way too. You emailed them, but you didn't touch anything on the site, right? No. Yeah, because I did. I went through the like the support chat, and then they kicked me over to an email thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's the right way to do it too. Because if you manually try to do it, this is maybe they've updated the UI. I haven't changed it in a while. This is years ago. But if you manually update it, they're saying like that is your limit, and you can't like. Like limit, like, like, like gambling limit. Like I, I do not want DraftKings to let me go more than 5k here. Right. And so like, yeah. you have like 3k and you're like, oh, I just need to put a couple extra K. Here. Let me up it yeah. here. The one day you want to change that. Good luck. You can't, like, it took me, I just show them like my entire life story for them to, to raise mine one year. Well, and that's the other thing that's crazy about it too. Like when you, you fill out the form and it basically says like, after a certain threshold, like it, it's if you want more than $9,000 monthly, you have to show proof of income. And I was like, 9,000 is fine. 9,000 is good, whatever. Then they came back and they're like, no, we actually need you to upload like pay stubs and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I just want this done. I'll do it. Upload all of that. And they're like, all right, you're good to go for next week. Next week. Like, what? <laughs> we we it's, briefly touched on this before the show, but this is this is the uh, parlay picker effect. I'm telling you, it's it before the sports betting, like none of this was a deal for people. Like at least 
I, I I don't remember really doing too much with it, but like I there was no one talking about it. But I think it's all the sports betting checks and balances and stuff for you know making sure you're not laundering money, which it turns out some some people actually were. But yeah, um, yeah it's all like sports betting compliance bullshit that they keep adding on and adding on. And so I bet when you guys went live, whatever six months ago. Uh, they put you down on that compliance list and you just like bad timing. It was so funny too, because uh, I'm going back and forth with support over email. And one of the questions was, do you need this um, just in effect for now or like in the future? And I'm sitting here being like, wait, there's clearly one way I'm supposed to answer this. Like yeah. if I say it's just for now, they're like, oh, this is a problem gambler. We can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, but if I say it's just for next month and then they say, well, we'll start it next month, then I'm screwed too. What do I say? I'm like trying to think that they're trying to catch me with their wording. It's it, the whole thing is insane, <laughs> insanely dumb. Like that they do any of this stuff anyways. I, I cannot stand the whole process, but like I would, what I did was just like, I want the max possible. You'll give it to me no matter, you know, like forever. I mean, why would I want anything different? I don't want you involved in my life whatsoever from here on out. What do I need to do? <laughs> what, what I should really do as the bit, Brian is uh, I should take my $13 in my account head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook and then try to run it up like paperclip style. <laughs> double it up, double it up. Double it. Or I guess I can. We don't have showdown tonight. What What's in the lobby tonight? What can I turn my $13 into for a bank so that I could uh, that I could scoop all these head-to-head? Have you ever seen anyone do that? I, my buddy, back in the early days, like with Ultimate Bet and stuff like that, Ultimate Bet had a casino. Um, and he would like, we'd play uh, sit and goes and stuff. You know, like, they, well, they would be sitting there in my house. I'd be watching TV. I'm like, come on, help me with this hand. You know, stuff like that. I'm like, fine. Go over there, finish out his sit and go for him, which I guess is illegal. But fuck you guys. I don't care. It's five. It was $5 yeah. 20, 20 years ago. But um, uh, then he'd get it down to like, you know, $3. And he'd go to the Blackjack Casino to try to run it up so he could play more sit and goes. And he ran, and he ran it up once to like. Really? Like we were drinking all night, right? And so like two in the morning, he's got like seven grand or something. He like from nothing. And then I like I like pass out, wake up at like six in the morning. He's like, Yeah, I lost it all. <laughs> no. That's what like you you need a buddy in that situation be like, you know what? Let's just take thirty five hundred upstairs, put it under your mattress, put it in the hotel safe, and then come down and punt it all off. Yeah. You know, whatever you, you want to do with that. Like take at least take thirty five hundred and no. Yeah. Um, so, so we will see everyone. Uh, I, I have like a few contacts. Like I have my contact at DraftKings who spins up the deposit kingdom weekly leagues. Uh, I know JM had gotten his account restricted based on like, uh, him flying in and out of States and they thought he was like multi-accounting or something. Um, and that got quickly resolved. So I, part of me wonders if it can get resolved, but part of it, like you said, is just like pure legal red tape. That like it's like the self-exclusion stuff, right? Where it's like it does not matter who you know. Like that is a legal thing that can't get undone. Are you jmacking the community right now? Are you gonna I mean, say oh, I just can't play cash games anymore? Uh, <laughs> just miscommunication. I was I was trying to think of it too, Brian. I was like, the blockchain fixes this. You know, if we could get hold, like it's like I do free head-to-heads, but then I I do it through a smart contract with everyone. They send over their ETH. 
uh, and we hold it and the smart contract deploys it to the winner. I was already starting to think, how can, how can I, uh, accept all of these, uh, and still oh. make it happen? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Terms and services though. I'm pretty sure that would break terms and services, but yeah, you could have, you know, J Max buddy from college host yeah. your other shares of cash games for you. <laughs> no 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 withdrawing head to heads i i have some faith um you know that we'll, we'll figure something out or i put it all into ga suggestion the 12 dollar single entry knuckle puck contest tonight um you know who who's our who's our hockey guy jake is it jake hari who watches jake yeah. yeah this could be an incredible story jake will you slide into my dms and just send me over a total shipper for the 12 entry single it entry tonight i have to take first it, it does have to take first. <laughs> um, no that would duping be either. None of that duping shit. Yeah. Um, all right. We are, uh, I don't want, uh, you know, cash game week to completely overflow and, uh, and destroy what is meant to be a little bit of a retrospective episode here on Lulz. Brian, I was already just pulling up our playlist of episodes and it actually includes our playlist like all time but sorting by the most viewed videos mm -hmm. and other than the Shiba coin naked yoga and fish gloves episode, like <laughs> five of our top episodes are all from this year. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll pull it up here. Yeah. I'm going to go to the podcast uh, page and see if there's any differences there. You know, we service the audio listeners as well, Pete. Some people don't know that. Yeah. We, uh, we always service the audio listeners. Uh, yeah, our top one here was the Hoop Show. Uh, I still, you know, got to pat myself on the back for this title. I mean, it, it sounds like it's like a, a crime documentary on Netflix. Greed, betrayal, and the fracturing <laughs> of RPS. I mean, if that doesn't suck you, probably the greatest title I've ever written. <laughs> Number two was Yuda, huh? Number two is Yuda. That one yeah. picked up steam. Like that one had a long tail. Like the hoop one, like a bunch of those views just all came in at once. The Yuda one was kind of like a slow, slow burn there. I mean, I'm trying to see uh, if this will do last year. Our number three was the, the follow-up to the hoop episode, uh, the run pure versus ship it nation beef rages on. This is the one where people thought Tambo was on the show because we used his tweet, uh, on the thumbnail. Tambo was not on the show. A lot of people felt very, very rugged on that one. Uh, that is, that is true. Sean, Yuta did win the Millie after coming on our show. Um, that was the, uh, <laughs> CJ, CJ Stroud triple stack week. Yeah, he also won a few before coming on our show. <laughs> um, and the audio listeners also, number one, Greed Betrayal, the fracturing of RPS. How many audio downloads did that get? Uh, 1,700. Okay. Um, it looks like. And then uh, and then more, more DFS drama, another site implodes. What's that? What was that one? Uh, that was the, just the follow-up. Oh, that's oh, the no. J-Mac. That's the J-Mac one. Yes. Yes. Which has, uh, 6K views here. And then Yuda, number three, and then this, the, the second run pier one. Okay. Four. Yes. So a little different. And then we did have the, uh, the Randone leaving Ship It Nation. Cause that would, you know, we had the Ship It Nation spinoff. 
and then Randone left Ship It Nation. I mean, it was like a Russian nesting doll of episodes trying to unpack all of these sites. That was the next one after that, too. Yep. So basically the exact same interest, audio or uh, on YouTube. How crazy is it? One of these other top ones here uh, that was the one about Empire Maker titled uh, DFS Pro Cries Collusion Then Vanishes. One, the fact that that was this year, it says this episode was eight months ago. And I mean, I know Empire Maker's been playing some DFS, but I have not seen him on Twitter. Have you? No, he hasn't come back. That's some willpower. It's honestly impressive because there's so many people who'd be like, I'm taking a break or whatever. And then they're back in like two days. Right, right. Uh, but he's he's holding strong and he doesn't strike me as like the burner account lurker type. It seems like he either wants to be in firing off takes to his to his following or just not on at all. Does he do like uh, Instagram or anything like that? I do not know. I thought for you know what? Now that you said it, there was I thought a moment where he like was linking people to his Instagram account. I actually haven't checked that. Maybe some of uh, one of you sickos would know if he's uh, still going there. Hmm. Hmm. Um. What's what's next on the list here? Yeah, we had the well the other big story. Like if if you were to bucket like uh our stuff this year it would basically be site drama and then sim talk right because then we had a ton of the sim wars how to leverage dfs sims that was the show with levitan and leone we had is dfs dying i believe that was the one ricky d came in on then we had osimo osimo weighs in on sims in the future of dfs so like the sims were a prevailing theme to lulz in 2023 hmm I thought your title on the RBX one there was going to get a shit ton of hits. I thought that was. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we talk a little bit about RBX just going like unhinged on uh, on Twitter lately? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's sending me nasty New Year's Eve uh, DMs. <laughs> he's like he's always upset that ETR isn't updating their projections quick enough or something. But I, yeah. was it RBX the same guy that said he hates touts? All of these sites are corrupt or whatever. But apparently, he desperately needs uh, ETR's NBA projections to come out quicker. Well, simultaneously hates them. <laughs> yeah. uh. Uh, man, we did. We do cover a lot of ground on here. As we scroll further down, it's like I completely forgot. You know, Brian, we did that show the night the Week Seventeen matchups were released. Uh, we had our uh, did a couple. I think our first BBM draft collectively on the year uh we, we've covered a lot of ground this year that's right yeah i'm sure we did i'm sure we did some some oh the uh the uh end of the bend the better wow forgot about that but that was that was two years ago oh okay okay because i don't have this it doesn't let me filter by i mean i could search by um date i just have it i have a playlist for all of our episodes right and i'm just sorting by the most popular so you're going to get a few from last year in here gotcha gotcha yeah um we had us uh the soiree episode remember that during that was this year oh no that was last year sorry that was 2022 let's see if there's any uh it looks like it's almost the exact same the hidden edge in basketball yeah how to become uh oh no that's 2022 Oh, we had uh, Jeremy Levine on. I yep. got some views. The uh, 
what would you say, like, if you think back, what was your most memorable, let's not even say episode, but like moment, you know, or what, what uh, specific moment from a show do you think most fondly about this year? You know, I think they got it pretty much right. Don't you? Like, I thought the RPS episodes were interesting. Uh, the good interviews probably got more views than the bad yeah. ones, <laughs> which might be our fault and not blaming anyone who came on. But uh, yeah, some, some of them weren't as interesting as others. Um, uh, I'm not sure if any stuck out. Because like when we first started doing this and stuff, like we do some where I thought like we'd give out some like good advice, <laughs> good tips or something, and then like we wouldn't get any views, any more extra views, and I'd be like, what the? What's the point? <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't really ever know what was gonna, what was gonna get more people to watch or not. But um, I think they, I think they, they probably got it about right. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I to me you know, the number one thing for Lulz this year was emerging as the TMZ gossip rag for DFS. Uh, and I think we're just in a unique spot where there aren't too many independent DFS voices. There's some on Twitter, I would say, are kind of independent DFS voices. But as far as like with some kind of media platform or doing any kind of regular show, like even some of the interview shows, like those are tied to a specific site. You know, and so it's really hard for those sites like, you know, Saber Sim's not going to go talk shit about other Sim products, you know, publicly on their show or vice versa. Like Stochastic isn't going to have the ETR guys on to talk about the Sim Wars like that dynamic is just not going to happen. So we naturally are like the the uh, the Switzerland the unbiased safe haven here to to allow yeah. people to come on and talk. And so I think that positioned us in like a fun way to have conversations that no one else was having. I, and I'm going to give us uh, too much credit, uh, but I think it's true. And we like what we end up talking about on here usually ends up what people start doing either like by general play strategy or the sites start doing or everyone, you know, like no one, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's common now, but like people weren't talking about dupes ownership, even when we first started, you know, um, sims you know we we definitely had a big hand in popularizing sims well it, it's crazy like i remember talking to you like when you started kind of planting the seeds of like man you know the, the storm is coming uh so to speak here with the sims and just even thinking how much more developed and mature the sim market is right now from when we even had that conversation i mean it's like it's everywhere now in a pretty robust presence I think that's kind of the 2023 story of DFS is is the Sims. Yeah. For sure for sure I think I think it's the year that Sims started uh being everywhere. Yeah. And it is funny to like juxtapose it with like what gets more you know, I guess the Yuda thing is like a testament that there's still like an appetite. I mean, the Yuda episode being so popular, it makes sense, right? I mean, he is one of the best, if not the best DFS players, continues to have a ton of success. And I know when we initially did that episode, there were some people who were like, he didn't give up that much. And I'm like, if you watch back that episode, there are so many interesting things he says in there where it's like, I think people just assume you're going to like screen share like your code for like <laughs> your sim or your whatever. It's like, I don't know. I thought he shared a ton uh, in that episode that was very interesting. And so it is cool to see like that reflected. But 
when you see the top two episodes, it's like drama and the best, which like makes sense that those are the two most popular things. Right. Yeah, for sure. He 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 also like he is a a hand builder basically, right? A brain player. Yeah. And uh like how much can you say when you're a brain brain player? But like to, if they're talking with him off you know online but off the show a decent amount. I mean, that's that's what he does. He just does brain player shit. So it's not like he's holding back a ton anyways. Uh so yeah, I thought in hindsight like yeah that that should be pretty pretty useful for people who want to play that way yeah what of uh are, are you are you comfortable sharing like have you been talking to yuda way more since uh that episode yeah we talk on discord a, a decent amount now yeah yeah we were talking before the show too that's how i got him to come on do you, I, I remember, I think Jennings was in the chat and he was like, ask Yuda about his content consumption. Like what it, does Yuda watch every Lulz episode? What, what kind of stuff is he consuming with? I don't think he watches episode? everyone, but he watches like he watched the parlay picker one. He talked to me about that. Yeah. Yeah. He'll shoot me a message usually when it's something yeah. he knows about or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the other thing that was interesting, you know, and you and I, talk about it behind the scenes of like, you know, our shows, you know, what makes a good interview or whatever. And I think you and I definitely uh, agree on this where it's like when Hoop came on, he had unique, interesting, exclusive information that wasn't available anywhere else. And we just let him talk. Like we didn't even, like we asked a few questions, tried to keep it like on the rails, but he just like shared all of that stuff and that made it good and interesting. Or we bring on someone like Pat Mayo or Ricky D and someone that we can just shoot the shit with. We just turn on the mics, have a conversation as if we were at the bar or whatever. The stuff I think we've struggled with is when we're doing proper interviews where the guest doesn't like have our vibe and they're also not necessarily bringing anything like super unique or interesting to the table. Yeah, I could, I can agree with that. I, I always prefer the more podcast type of conversation where, you know, we're not ESPN. And we're, we're just talking like, you know, normal people. So like, once it starts getting away from that, it starts kind of annoying me. And yeah. then, and then, and then, and then, maybe that, and then maybe that comes in, in, uh, into my, into my, some of my questions. Yeah. We also have like kind of another style too, when we don't have like brain players with like, I think like Alex and whistles go woo and stuff like that. Like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll grill them a little more because there's actually things you can grill on besides, I don't know. I use my brain. <laughs> It's so funny you say that, Brian, because like, you know, I, I, I get uh, when I go into my like YouTube analytics thing, I get the comments um, and occasionally I'll get like comments on really old episodes. Um, and there was someone who commented on the very first Whistles episode, which was what, like two, two and a half years ago. And he goes, yo, Brick is a hater shaking my head. Why you grill that man like that? <laughs> that was literally a comment I got yesterday on that old video. I've been called um, a hater a lot. But that was like, I feel like that dynamic didn't come out quite as much this year in episodes. That was when we were first starting to do interviews with guys like Nerdy and Whistles, where you were kind of like really pressing for like questions in like a very fun and entertaining way. Uh, but I feel like that was more like old version of Lulz. Yeah, you know, uh, Whistles actually – in his one this year, he he uh, was a little more forthcoming, and 
it turns out him being more forthcoming just made it even more confusing anyways. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember, but he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I just do like, you know, six different models and pick my favorite model that day. And, you know, and that's how, that's how it works. Yeah. And, and I've got, I got a few messages speaking of uh, post-show messages on that one. Like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the other, it's funny, like talking through the different types of shows we do, the different type of interviews. And then there is like this snake eating its tail episode because we've also had episodes um, about, people being mad at other DFS pros and, and sim wizards coming on here and giving up too much of their information. Like there's that meta aspect of like, I'm upset that people come on here and say these things. And, and people saying we're not grilling them hard enough. Like we got a ton right. of that with both with the players, not grilling on the process enough or like hoop and saying, why don't you ask them this, this and that. And it's, it's like, well, first of all, like with, with hoop and those, those type of guys, like, we want them to like come on and come back on. And if you just like act like an asshole the whole time, like who's going to want to do your show. Yeah. Uh, and it works the same way with the, um, with the, with the players and their, and their, and their personal information that they want to give out on their strategy. Like who's going to want to just give away everything. But like, they're also for those guys, I more think they're, they're adults and they can kind of handle it. And like, I'm, oh, I'm not just not going to answer that. Sorry. That's what I do. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that dynamic is always funny because it's like, all right, if, if you're mad that we didn't grill them hard enough, you know, this isn't like some interview they were forced to do. They're they're willingly doing this. So the it's our job to make them very comfortable, feel like they can start talking. And then maybe if the vibes are good enough, they'll start to be even more open and share even more information. But if you come out hot and start grilling one, they're just going to clam up and just not say anything. And some people are going to be more guarded than others. I always use the example of like, it, I don't really listen to that podcast much anymore, but in the old school days of Mark Marin, he'd have these two and a half hour podcasts in the first two hours would be pretty boring, pretty standard boilerplate. And then in those last 30 minutes, he'd be like, Oh yeah. What do you think of Lauren Michaels, by the way? And he's like, Oh, he was a total dick to me. And then you start to get like a good story. And it's because if you asked him off the rip, what do you think of Lauren Michaels? He'd be like, Oh, he's fine. He's done a lot for comedy. You ask him at hour two, Mark, and you get the tea. Uh, so that's another thing here with us with only one hour episodes. It's, it's hard yeah. to get super loose interviews. You can also like listen to them and then speak for them. Maybe like something they can't say and go like, I don't know. For the vibe I'm getting here is that this is what's going on, you know. Yeah. And then they might not not confirm it or deny it, you know. And then it's like, okay, we get it. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, a pretty good year overall for the kind of just interesting stuff going on in the gambling gambling world. We didn't do a ton of sports betting and 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 poker, um, which which is which is fine. Uh, but I like doing those occasionally. And, um, but I guess now that you add in best ball, like that, that kind of counts. It's, I don't know, it's a subset of DFS kind of really, but, um, you know, I guess you kind of have four things now, really, right? Yeah. Well, and it, it reminds me, like you said, when we first started this show, I think, I think our goal was to like balance it, you know, it'd be like, Oh, we'll kind of shoot the shit about some stuff, but we'll also, you know, maybe talk about a slate or, you know, I'll, I'll ask you questions about your process and what you're comfortable talking about. You would. Um, but I think that's also one of the fun things about doing a show for so long is 
I mean, you and I have never once sat around and be like, this is the focus and direction we want of the show. We've just organically found, I think, our voice and the style of apps that we, we've triangulated it. What does the audience enjoy and what do we enjoy talking about? And I just think it's fun. Like, if we were trying to get that right out of the gate, like, we never would have had it. But because we've just been willing to turn the cameras on once a week for however many years, I think we've we found it in a way that's now, like, very enjoyable to me. And it's also fun in that, like, I see a tweet, I see a story, someone reaches out to us and we're like, that's a Lulz episode. You know, like those now, you see something and you're like, that's Lulzian. Uh, it, it needs to be discussed on the show. Yeah, and that also makes things easier too. So you don't have to oh, yeah. research your own stuff. <laughs> Somebody will be like, hey, did you see this story? It's like, oh, perfect, actually. <laughs> I think that's the thing that's hard. You mentioned like the sports betting stuff and I think poker deals with this too, like the genre of things to talk about. It's like, there's only so many ways we can talk about what Sims are doing to DFS. There's only so many ways we can talk about how sports books, limiting players, um, you know, impacts, you know, people like eventually you run out of like new angles. And that's why when you get like a fun story, like the Jags guy who was siphoning off money from their credit card system, you're like, oh, this feels fresh and crazy. Let's talk about that. Where I do think the same dynamics come up over and over that sometimes it feels hard to find a fresh slant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, and also doing interviews, like, I think the the interview were, it works pretty nicely for us. Like, you know, depending on the guest, like once or twice a year, you know, maybe three times for the, the our regulars. But like, uh, that works nicely because otherwise, like, you can't just do. A, <laughs> there's not enough interesting DFS people to do a show every week on a new DFS person. You know. Well, and that's the thing. I do think there's a pressure now. If you aren't, it goes back to the thing we were just saying. Like, if you aren't just bringing the good vibes, like, we could have Davis on and we could have a fun hour conversation. People would eat it up, like, literally talking about anything. But if you bring on a guest that doesn't have those vibes, then the the bar to clear is higher. It's like, you need to either have a really good interview or they need to be spilling some really good information. And I think that's what we've are starting to figure out more of, like, yeah. we got you. And I think what's hard, Brian, is sometimes people slide into our DMs and they're like, oh, I got this angle. I got this thing. I'm willing to talk shit about this. And then they come on the show and they don't do it. And then we're like, wait, this was supposed to be the whole um, impetus for the interview. And now you're not delivering on it. And we're left scrambling trying to salvage this. That did happen a few times this year. Yeah. That did happen a few times. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah, like pe yeah, people uh people don't give like Davis and Pat Mayo like enough credit. Like, uh, it's so easy when you can have a guest on, where you just you don't have to do anything at all because <laughs> you guys could just bullshit for an hour yeah. straight. Have fun. You both enjoy the conversation, and hopefully enough yeah. people usually uh, also enjoyed it and get the views. And like you did, you didn't have to do anything, and it was just fun. It's great for sure. Uh, Casey's, uh, throwing in uh, top interview of the year was J Mac. Someone, uh, Aaron says here highlight of the year was J Mac asking Brian if he's had ever had any experience with models. <laughs> I forgot about that. One. Uh, that was a great, that was a good interview. That was fun. Um, shout out to J Mac. I just saw, uh, he's going to be a girl dad. Oh, yeah. Congrats. I saw that on, uh, on Twitter. Congrats, yeah. uh, J Mac. There. You forget how young he is. Yeah. I mean, how, how old is he? He's 18. No, yeah, um, I mean, that's pretty young. He's, I think, like 27, 26. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm desensitized to it now. Just so many of the people I do shows with, like when I do Andy and when yeah. I was doing stuff with Settlement, obviously Davis. Although Davis is about to venture into my territory as fake, fake young here pretty soon. Yeah, he's, he's pushing 31, I think, now. Yeah. 
Yeah. What uh fun calling him 16. Yeah. The you did what? You probably did more shows with Davis this year than you ever had with him previously, right? Yeah, because we did like the his like Patreon stuff, his Star Wars yeah. stuff a bunch of times. But you you did the take cast, like you've probably you've probably done the take cast more times than me at this point. Maybe total, maybe yeah, this year for yeah. sure. I don't know about total, yeah. but yeah, I normally do it with him like a couple times a year. And I feel like you were probably at four or five times this year. Probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you guys are what I, it, I think it like serves the form like that. The conversations you guys would have, uh, condensed into a one hour, like YouTube, not saying that people wouldn't watch it. I'm sure they would, but it's just like, it lends itself. I think a little bit more to the audio, a little bit more long form, uh, less condensed. So I, I think it's a, it's a good lane for you guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I always enjoy it. Um, oops, let me. I didn't know that was connected to my computer. Um, J Mac, I'm not 18, Brian. <laughs> I'm 25. <laughs> uh, the uh, the I, you said this earlier about the poker thing. I just can't get it out of my head now that there was another poker scandal. Yeah, uh, that week. I don't know if anybody saw. Um, damn, now I'm forgetting the site. GG Poker, right? The, yeah, pretty big one. Where there was an, another uh, like alleged super user, like kind of pseudo super user, but basically like he could see the all in um, uh, percentages like live versus him and his opponent hand. So not completely super user, but, but pretty close, pretty close. Uh, so, yeah, another another online scandal. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think about 2024 going ahead. Like uh, I just for fun, I check once a year. What's Illinois poker situation looking like? You know, this was my first my first I guess blackjack was really my first gambling love. But but no, maybe poker and see if um, they're going to legalize it here. And it looks like that will not be happening yeah. in, in 2024. Um, but even if it did after another super user scandal it's just like maybe i would play for like seven months like six to eight months you know just get that noob money yeah. uh you don't even have to think you just play abc and yeah. then color because you know you know that that bot's coming the bots are coming the the super user a scandal's coming it is it is great for for people who like in general, the term super user means someone that could theoretically see everyone else's whole cards, right? Like that's generally how the term is used in poker. Yeah. Yeah. And this one just showed the, the all in win equity, which is almost like what 90% of proxy for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you could still have rogue guys or still suck out type cards, yada, yada. And was this, this was a hacker type thing, right? Like they found a way to exploit a bug in the software that allowed them to see that. Yeah. I, don't, I actually, I didn't remember the, that part of it of how I got to find it, but I know the way they solved it was like the same way everything gets solved is the actual players figure it out, not the users. And they, and like GG poker was trying to ban the, the shark scope or whatever the tracking uh, company is. And yeah. everyone's complaining like, this is how we can find these cheaters. And yeah. so we, without this transparency, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen so like I don't know online poker seems like just such a mess to me right because you almost you need the community who can be able to fact or kind of like investigate those things because there's so much surface area 
Otherwise, it's even like, you know, I know with Underdog now releasing the Battle Royale stuff, like Sacrilegious is like super excited to go through that data and see if he can find any weird inconsistencies with drafters or people who are always in the same room together. You know, Underdog has their own detection stuff for that as well. But like when you provide that to the community and you have a lot of people who like messing with data and care about the integrity of games, I mean, you, you know, just open up so much more help to like sniff those things out. And it's in DFS, it's even harder. So, like, I mean, we had the the collusion episode with Yuda, right? But, like, really the only time something's ever happened was with the Bachelor Bachelorette Gate. You mean as far as, like, something was actually wound back? Something was actually changed. Yeah. I, I think, right? Like, the and they didn't even publicly really announce it. They just, it was, hey, it was basically... No, I think all we found out was it was basically implied everyone got like moved up accordingly in the standings, removing their entries. And then the implication was they just paid those guys off. Here's your money. Just shut up and never talk about this again was I think how most people agree it went down. That's how I think it went down. Yeah. But like there was no press release. Like we apologize. No. (laughs) So like, will there be a scandal in 2024? Should we, can we predict I guess, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because, yeah, it would basically have to happen from two angles, right? That the the software or something, there was something highly exploitable um, or like the money and the prize pools or the games are just like the honeypot's so big that people are like trying to find ways to cheat it in a way. And I guess I'm a little like just where DFS is at now would like a scammer be like, this is really ripe for the taking right now. I guess you ha- if you had a good enough exploit, it would be. Uh, the only one I can think of is you get the you get the lineups in sports with late swap, and you get the lineups early in a small slate. So like high skates, high stakes cheating. So cheating, cheating Yuta again. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, like ten mans, you know, th- three mans to like maybe twenty mans. Anything high stakes. Um, if you get if you can get the the players that everyone else is playing. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty big advantage, especially now that even any dummy cheater can just go get a late sw- swap sim. <laughs> yeah. The, so it's possible. Cause like, what are they going to do? What are these dummy cheaters going to do with that information before late swap sims? They don't know what they're doing. No. And I think too, like you, when you look at, poker or even like we pulled up that story about that guy sean perry from the circus survivor where he was being accused it was like some side fantasy game they were doing like even when you talk to poker players in general the place they're most worried about getting scammed is in private cash games right it's not necessarily like on a gg poker obviously that could still happen uh but it's more so like when it's a really controlled environment and you're kind of the one that's not in on it. That that's always seems super scary to me. Like that home game yeah. type angle. I used to say on the show all the time, like just assume you're being cheated and act yeah. accordingly. And yeah. I, I imagine that there is shenanigans going on in DFS. I don't know how I, I would also say the old school. And I've heard from like big name people in the DFS world that this was happening. Like the old school, like there was syndicate syndicate thing, you know, like, did you hear about this years ago? Like, There'd be like guys would have, you know, 20 people working together to put in 150s. You know, they put in like thousands of lineups. Um, 
not that I ever uh, could confirm that or deny it or whatever. Like I, I, I had no evidence of it, but I think nowadays that they're not doing that. It's just too hard. Well, it's like you come on this show and even talk about the top heavy prize structures and how it doesn't even make sense to like 150 max. Yeah. A lot of these from a GTO perspective, it's yeah. not actually an edge to, to have the 150. That's kind of my, one of my 2024 points actually is in showdown and um, uh, like MMA doopy type of sports. Like if you look at these post lock Sims, like 75% like of the of all the the 150 maxers and the best ones, like none of them are entering 150 plus EV lineups. And now you could say, I do not want to rehash the fucking stupid Sims arguments. You know, like oh, it depends on their projections and blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just assume that not everyone is not uh, that no one is entering 150 plus EV lineups anymore. Um, well, then I think 2024 should be especially in those contests, it's a lot harder in classic. What amount of lineups can you enter that are all plus EV? Right. So I think like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm bearish on DFS generally. And you know, that's not news to anybody. So like, that's more mindset, my mindset going in 2024. And so, but just like, to frame it, when you say bearish, you mean bearish from a perspective of being able to make a living as a pro, not as like an entertainment product. Yeah, not to have fun. I don't think yeah. DFS is going anywhere. Like yeah. if sports betting exists, like the sports betting ecosystem, you know, we're kind of crossing over gambling here uh, in, in the same conversation. But why not? Like that is like I think like the ecosystem in in sports betting is pretty fucking brutal too now. Like already. You know, we've had it here for like a year and a half, two and a half years or whatever. You're only six months in. But man, like the amount of people who I follow who are limited is pretty staggering across all the all of them. Prize picks, you know, like all that type of stuff. And and the regular regulatory like battles that we know are happening. We've done episodes on are not good for you and me. Right. <laughs> this is it's not good for like the under the, the literal underdogs. Right. Uh, companies either, but um, it's not good for competition for us having anything uh, that where you could, you know, you know, like expect to make like 70 K a year grinding, yeah. grinding like small edges and stuff like that without, without getting limited. I think we talked about last episode, maybe two episodes ago about, about that uh, Mikhail Bridges, yeah, Prop, like like good luck getting 100k down on like all these single game individual player pro- and then not getting banned for the rest of your life. Yeah, right. And I I since you know when we talked about that story, you know I was learning about it almost in real time. I you know I since I, I listened to uh, the ETR NBA podcast did like a full breakdown of like how it unfolded when the lines were being posted, which ones were pulled, blah blah. So now I have a little bit more perspective on it. But it's like even that example of where you could get a hundred, two hundred thousand down. It's like you have an established syndicate, and one guy posting it on Twitter is not ruining it because you were already ahead of this like three or four hours before that guy even tweeted it out, and you had your entire syndicate handle it. Like the I don't know the straw man of like that kind of argument uh, was pretty ridiculous in hindsight. Now that I understand, so it. did they agree with us mainly? Like kind of like yeah, our yeah. Take? yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I felt too. Like, um, but like like 2024 for sports betting is like, yeah, like I mean, I I, I still love my uh, uh, my uh, what do I call it my my you know community uh, syndicate uh, yeah yeah ETH token idea where where you where you do the the kind of what you were talking about with your cash game shit or like you, know, yeah. you do the risk you do the risk uh like the payouts and stuff with with the um with the beards on the blockchain yeah. um but then they download the bot software to make it better and stuff like that like i don't know i feel like the way they're handling the legislation like fuck them like Join a syndicate if you can. Why not? But yeah. other than that, I don't know. Like the, the sports betting is, I don't know. I, I I don't love the direction that's going. Uh, I would I, I I'm I'm like more optimistic about DFS than 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 sports betting in general for 2024. But yeah, for DFS, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking like you. I think it's easier. So I did this. I've done this only twice, but like I'm trying new approaches to like, see if I can get like 50, 75. What's the number where every time I'm or almost every time, every single lineups plus EV, because there's like the idea behind the 150 at this point, I, th I think in my opinion is you don't really know which ones are plus EV or not. You know, you're putting in good lineups. And you just roll the dice and you're going to get your, you know, it depends, 10, 15, 20, 80, depends on how good you are and in the night, like on what everyone else does. What's your edges? Yeah. Uh, so, but like you're just taking the the 25% of lineups that, that aren't going to be good, aren't going to be plus EV because that's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, but you might be able to, to adjust that. And also too, like people, I think a lot of people don't even know that. Like they just think every lineup they're entering is good. And I don't think it is anymore. I think it was in 2017, 2018, 2020, maybe 21, 22, but I don't think it, anymore. And there is like, I mean, I, I get it too. Like when I've been firing at the battle Royales more this year where, you know, and those are a different, you know, conversation when you start to think about like the EV of each draft, but just the point I'm making is there is a completionist mentality that I think a lot of people have of like, this allows me to put 150 in. Um, I think I have an edge. I'm going to put 150 in, but not even like necessarily thinking what that means on a per lineup basis. Whereas we've always said, right from the very beginning, your first lineup you put in is theoretically your best lineup and each one gets subsequently worse by necessity, no matter how you're grading that from an EV projected points, whatever. But like your 150th lineup is not going to be as good as your first lineup. And it sounds like you're trying to figure out where is that breaking off point for you that makes sense in these big contests. Right. Yeah. Like, I just think it's easier in duping sports because like just low dupe lineups are just usually better and closer to plus EV. Yeah. And so you kind of like just pick and choose. And then like, it's also, I think a, a secondary benefit in those sports, at least the way I recommend people play is pretty very high risk. And then you already add in, this is DFS, the highest risk gambling that you can do large field GPP anyways. Um, and, and you're just gonna be swinging so much anyways that, um, you know, you're saving some of your variance by just entering whatever, uh, this is, and this is only for specific type of, of gambler, but we have, you know, a lot of sharp people who watch this show. So it does apply to some of them, but like for most people, they should still just be entering, you know, two to three lineups, I would say. Yeah. 
do you have like thinking more about 2024 predictions? Like I'm still pretty interested in some of the like GPP elements with these pick six games um, in really leveraging, you know, how the field uh, just wants to all do the hires, all do the overs and kind of some of the game theory that comes with building out correlated contrarian, you know, pick them entries. It's hard for me because the price pools are so small to get motivated to build something out. When it first came out, I was like, okay, I know exactly what I would do. You right? Yeah. You just you go you find out what the prop sites are saying are gonna be the obvious clear plays and just bet the opposite side and you'll probably make money for a for a little while because they'll all be closer to 50-50s anyways. And yeah. when you get 80% of the field on the LeBron James over, it's just a clear play the other side. Um, but like the prize pools were pretty, pretty small. So I don't know if the interest is there yeah. and it's kind of i don't know it's just like after you're playing for 100k every time yeah to go like oh like 250 dollars for first it's like yeah it's not worth it yeah um i think too you know this doesn't like solve things from like that stuff but more from just like an ecosystem like growing some of these things like i do really think sites should double down on ancillary gamification aspects you know i i see the hunger for like literally every day in the deposit kingdom discord someone is posting a screenshot i just got my badge i just got my badge like people eat that shit up and we talk about it with DraftKings of like having more of a leaderboard having your whatever it is the mount rushmore you know like roto grinders leaderboard used to do that to an extent but it doesn't feel as relevant anymore like but i think the site should be developing that on their own like let's find other ways to like gamify it because people care about that shit. Like people want to get like in my discord, there's levels. I have arbitrary levels. When you reach a certain amount of XP experience points, you get a different color. You can win some merch rewards for me. Like people like that shit, even if it's not some like huge monetary reward. Like if I was on a site right now being like, how do I stay relevant? I would be really driving down into the gamification aspects. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I think it's also a generational thing. I think a lot of young people like that gamification stuff a little bit more. Um, I, I like the rake back idea. Like, I don't know. This is like the old old poker bro in me, online poker bro. I think that was huge for online poker, keeping the ecosystem flowing with uh, just rake back, everyone getting rake back and, and playing their rake back uh, bankrolls. Yeah. So like – the I like the promotion that Underdog did. I, I would I would hope they do it on everything, you know, just the blanket, just throw it right back in the people's accounts. It's very, uh, it's very like to me. It seems like best is very grindy, anyways. Yeah, like um, you know, you're spending hours on this shit. Like I feel like that would be a nice like reward to keep people grinding like poker. Yeah, uh, so it makes a lot of sense. On but I wish they would do it on um, DFS too. But like I. I, I mean, they're, they released their new rewards for 2024 this year, and I won't have. It looks like I won't have to be clicking the uh, the open the box. Did you, did you see that? I think they don't have the uh, the treasure chest thing every week anymore. I saw I that. Never what, once. Yeah, people were upset so. at that. I never won it once, so like fuck it. But um, I don't know. It looks like the rewards were like way down. Um, yeah. And you got to like pick your days you want your bonus now. Like you have to manually go in and pick them. So like people forget to do it and then they won't get their bonus and stuff. Like, I don't know. It seems like the opposite direction. And like 
this is just seems so obvious to me, something that they should do, but never will is, is just lower the rake. Um, yeah. That would, that would be a huge, cause I, I feel like 2023, I know like a decent amount of players, right. With really good players. And like the, the, some of them didn't have the best years, me included. And uh, so like, I think a lot of like variance trading is going on, you know, like, Sure, there's there's still a bunch of guys who have an edge, but like it's so it's getting closer, and there's like less worse lineups and single entry lineups are getting better even, um, and and then they're just more or less trading the variance of of you know that that general edge that good players have, and like yeah. some guys will have good years and some guys will have bad years, but not everyone's gonna it's not gonna be like like the same cohort of winning guys going forward is my guess. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but that's sort of my opinion. And so like just lowering rake would do a big service on that variance for a lot of the regulars. Of course, they're never going to do it. The whole point of all this regulatory battling is so they don't have to do that. And actually that they can raise rake up. So um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that, but those were the two things I would love more than a badge. <laughs> no, no, I like I, your idea. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I like no, I, 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 none of these things have to be mutually exclusive, right? right? Like you should be, you should be doing all of this stuff. I mean, on the rake free thing, like take me, um, as someone on, um, on DraftKings who almost exclusively now plays football, I'll, I'll, I'll splash around in some MMA slates, uh, when football ends. Cause I enjoy yeah. that a bit. Um, but you could pull a guy in like me, provided I have some money on my account that I'm able to deposit on there. If you had like, Hey, we're going to have each week, we're going to have one rake free tournament. Here's the $3 20 max MME probably would have sat that out. Otherwise. Oh no, I'm you know, I'm an EV grinder. Okay. I'll go play that. Like get me in the habit of going in there. Oh, now we're going to do it for the golf one. We're going to have a, you know, a, one of these tournaments is going to be rake free. You pull in people like me who are like, all right, if I'm not paying the rake, I'll splash around. I'll play this one. Then you build the habit. All right, now I'm on the site. Oh, now I want to play this tournament. Or is it so easy for me to just kind of shut off and be like, I'll see you guys in August again. But I think even just some simple marketing techniques, like I agree with you, like lowering the rake in general would be good, but you could also just do it marketing style. Like have a few rake free tournaments. You'll get me on the site in a way I otherwise wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'd be down for it. Like if you, if you look at the difference between, I want to say like 2018 or something like that, like there was, you know, more sites. There was like fantasy draft. I think fantasy aces might've been gone by then, but like Yahoo, uh, you know, FanDuel was much bigger, right? Like uh, they had a lot more action and in fantasy draft, the competition was so high. Fantasy draft went rake free uh, all the way into 2020 when COVID struck. And then that was just the worst timing. They were, you know, smaller site, couldn't handle it. Plus go after doing that rake free promotion really probably screwed them in hindsight, but like, like they were driven to at least try it. Right. That's not happening any, anymore. Right. And there, there's no, there's not enough competition and liquidity to have stuff like that happen. Yeah. So I know, but like, I know it sounds like a repeat of, of poker, you know, where everyone complains the rake's too high, nothing happens. So I I can't imagine it's going to change when they have more of a hammer lock on the regulation than poker stars ever did, you know? So, um, I don't expect, I don't expect that to change. I think MMA is a good example for like, you should be able to make like 
three or five low duped MMA lineups that are probably plus EV. Uh-huh. But then, like, once you start making 150, like, you're going to start getting into the 10 dupe territory, 20 dupe territory. Like, yeah, are they plus EV? Yes, some of them are probably. Maybe they won't. Maybe some of them won't be, stuff like that. Yeah. So if you do, like, the three the three entry, the, just do three entries if you're going to watch just for fun. And just make sure they're probably plus EV by not duping. And uh, you're never going to win. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. The... um it's interesting you say that because one of the things we ever talked about, like would contests ever like get smaller, would DFS ever actually be dying? Like part of that would be if the 150 maxers stopped coming out in droves because those are guys are the lifeblood for those contests. They max it, they help get those big prize pools. If a lot of pros start to have your thought on this and they're like, you know what? I only have 40 plus EV lineups. Like, do you think the contests from that dynamic would have to start shrinking? Um, yeah, but I don't think it'll be because of my suggestion. I think it's just going to naturally happen. Um, I think guys are just going to do other things. Um, you know, a lot of people have been playing DFS for a decade now and there's other, other things in, you know, that you could do in life. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'd be interested in doing, doing other things too, but like still playing DFS obviously, but like, yeah. Um, so I, I can't imagine there's not a whole bunch of other other guys. Like I think the same thing's gonna happen. Young people will be hungry and have competition issues and obsessive compulsive things and get totally obsessed with it and become good. There's already a couple of young guys who are doing that and uh, they'll gobble up some more of that that equity. And you know you just want to run hot with this. The variance is insane and. Yeah, and so like that, that, I think that cycle will still continue. Yeah, but um, I think it'll gradually get smaller. I mean, I don't, I don't see many angles. My brain isn't uh, too focused today, but I can't think of any angles where, like, something big happens that could like, like worldwide, like a world, like like you know, you would think like soccer or something, right? Like that's always like, oh, yeah. it'll be a DFS phenomenon, but like that never happened. Like that totally. Well, the, the phenomenon was COVID. You you had me playing League of Legends DFS. I wasn't yeah. playing that shit without COVID. <laughs> Million dollar MMAs. Yeah, I, I I will. I mean, I know we do the uh, the nostalgic thing here, the start of the show out of out of COVID a lot. But I I remember being when they announced that there was going to be some like MMA slate in Brazil, and it was like the only sport going, and there was going to be DFS for it. Like, I remember being so fucking excited. It was like <laughs> this, you know, a- oasis amid a desert of nothing to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little break from league of legends too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I remember when they announced like a Wednesday MMA slate. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I made her went. We got two slates this week. Two slates. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. It'll be really interesting. I do think uh obviously I have like my head uh like so in the weeds on it, but I do really feel like best ball is gonna be even bigger uh this year. I can't keep yeah. just saying massive because I just I think it's on like a I mean it will obviously plateau at some point, but it does feel like an exponential kind of growth right now with how hungry people are, more competitors, bigger prize pools, more contest offerings, more tools, more content, like and it, it it can so much easier, I think, grab the piece of the pie when you just look at how many people play fantasy in America who are in their one work league or whatever. It's so much easier for best ball to capture that market share than it is for a DFS salary cap to capture them. And so I think they can that 
you know, just entire game can continue growing at a pretty rapid pace. Yeah, I, th I think they got another year. Like next year, what do you? What's your prediction? Twenty twenty four BBM five, first place. I I think, I think they're gonna chill on it. Three million again. I I you know I I get to have some conversations with people, so I don't want to speak outside of school. But I would not necessarily be thinking about the growth of best ball being directly tied to the BBM top prize. I well, I was looking. Uh... At the the payout structure here, we had a uh, shady uh, advice in our uh, yeah comments earlier. He took he took third, yep. and that structure was like ooh oh I didn't know oh, it was that brutal. bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean pushing my, that structure this year. Well, my guy, uh, so TM Longacre, uh, he's in the Discord. He's a, a YouTube member here. He drafted with me most of anyone uh, other than Spags this year. He was in that third place position heading into Sunday night football for 300,000. He ended up getting passed by the Jaden Reed stuff or whatever. He dropped down to, I think it was sixth place. I, I think he got 60,000, but that was just like one Sunday night swing of 240,000 um, for that swing. Shady, obviously realizing it too, from where, where he was at, like it's, it's brutal. And I, and I, they, they are aware of it. And I do think they are going to put a concerted effort into making better structures, even for the flagship tournaments in a way that I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just think, think like the one thing, like a DFS best ball, uh, like phenomenon could like that could happen is some sort of lotto thing. We talked about this before where it's just like, it could just be that weekly lotto that people do. And it's like 10 million a year, you know, 10 million, something crazy. Yeah. Um, like that could be a nice little like marketing, but I don't think the liquidity is there. And, you know, I'd much rather play a flat structure. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying yeah. like from a promotional standpoint, yeah, I'm sort of like some sort of like lottery ticket thing just to get normies interested in each week or something would be, would be awesome. For DFS, yeah. that's ball. I do like. I, I do like the. the I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of smart things over there too. So that doesn't surprise me. That maybe drop down to two, two point five, and make it a little flatter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's going to be some fun stuff. Um, I do. You know, we got we got Numi and Hope, who are you know essentially player advocates now, head of draft games over there. Who you see the kind of stuff they're doing and constantly um, making tweaks that that players really care about both to just like UI stuff. Like they just added in on the playoff best ball, which it should have been there in the first place. Like you used to have to go into the rules to see what the advancement structure was. They now have it plastered right there. When you go to enter like two, a six, one, a six, whatever. Um, but that's like from them listening to people in, in the deposit kingdom discord and being like, Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's go do that. Um, so I know that structures uh, are top of mind for them heading into next year. Just knowing that like, I would be fascinated to know some of the data on like the number of players who do one entry or let's say less than five or just do one contest versus the amount of players who are like in everything. Like I assume similar with the 150 max stuff for DFS, like that core group of players represents a large, large portion of their overall best ball user play. Uh, user yeah. Base. Yeah. I never understood that with poker and DFS yeah. to some extent, why they, why don't cater to them more, you know, like, yeah, these are the grinders who are sitting at their computer, you know, making your marketplace go. Um, 
they complain and they whine about everything and it sucks, but they're yeah. the, you know, they're the ones who keep the poker games going. So yep. like, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought the whole rake back structure and the poker ecosystem was one of the reasons for the boom, not just moneymaker um, in ESPN. Obviously that those, the whole cards were a huge part of it, but yeah, something like that would be f- phenomenal. And uh, best ball is probably the only, only hope for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Underdog just tweeted out their year-end uh, graphic. I can pull it up real quick, and then I actually got to get running. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, you still think of, like, the scale of this. So they had total prizes of 25000 I mean, DraftKings DFS gets to that in, I mean, in in how many, how many slates of NFL? You know, like, relative to how big that market share is for, for total prizes? Well, oh, yeah. They get there on the... F- every Sunday probably right with right like if you count everything right which yeah because you the the high stakes action on on DFS like that doesn't exist right there's not like a fifty three hundred dollar battle royale Thunderdome on right right now. but I yeah. mean there there could be down the road like that wouldn't be the craziest thing right yeah and like a wildcat will get up to like you know 1.5 or 2 million quite often yeah they have the high stake yep. millies so yeah, they're not, they're not up in twenty five million range, but um, they get they get there pretty fast. Yeah, there's a lot more DFS players. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It'll it'll be interesting. Like I know there's. I feel like every year we start to see a few more DFS players come over and take underdog seriously. I know Two Gun, um, very successful fantasy player. He was at the Dog Bowl. He I see him like when I'm in the bomb and stuff. He'll be in there mixing it up. So like that's a guy who's like spending some of his time on Sundays, you know, drafting. So I think we'll continue to see more of that, which it's a, it's a fun dynamic, right? It makes the games harder when you have sharp players who want to take their time and devote it to it. But it also gives you the chance to get more contact, uh, contest offerings, bigger prize pools, higher stakes offerings. Like yeah. if underdog knew that they could fill a $1,000 three max battle Royale, every weekend, like maybe we start to get that in the lobby and it brings even more guys in of like, Oh yeah. $30,000 battle Royale prize. That's not worth my time, but Holy cow, a, a three max where I can win, you know, a hundred thousand. Yeah. Now, now sign me up for that. Hmm. Yeah. Every market like this tends towards efficiency. So I'm, uh, yeah. you know, get it while the getting's good. Uh, you've probably yeah. got another year, year and a half, and then it's going to, gonna it's gonna get a little harder but best ball you know it's they gotta actually sit down and draft basically so much but i think the chagrin. tools will get better and stuff like that <laughs> what's that i said much to your chagrin much to my chagrin exactly um yeah it'll be fun uh any other final predictions here uh brian i obviously we're recording this on january 4th but i do really just want to say appreciate everyone who hangs out in the chat with us on Thursdays, comments on YouTube, sends us tips, slides into our DMs. Uh, you guys are truly uh, executive producers on the show, and uh, I, I'm very grateful for that. Yes, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, it's 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 fun now when you get you know thousands of people who care for some reason <laughs> about, about this stuff. But um, 2024, I'm gonna say uh, no poker boom. Uh, Best ball, incrementally bigger. Mm-hmm. Sports betting, same bullshit. Uh, DFS, incrementally smaller. I think that's. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with 
three, I'll say three, we'll have three, like, like, what, what do you want to call it? Drama slash, you know, controversies, whatever's big ones in the DFS. Yeah. Well, whatever we get, uh, you know, whatever yeah. we, whatever we do, let's say that it'll have, you know, more than 10,000 views. Yeah. I mean, the, the best thing that, you know, if you're watching that you could do for us as a gift would be to start a, a moderately successful DFS site and then just have it implode with lots of infighting and then have one of the founders on the outs be willing to come on the show and spill the entire story. That that would be great yeah. for us, I think. Brian. Yeah. If, if ETR implodes, we're going to have a big year. <laughs> So we need, we need RVX to keep hammering them, keep hammering them. <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know, uh, Establish the Million just has an epic fallout. Dink and Leone, no longer friends, feuding. We do the Dink episode. We do the yeah. Leone episode. Just the, the true sim wars, the bot wars there. Um, let's see if we can make that happen. Yeah. Um, as always, as Brian referenced, uh, if you guys do want to become audio listeners, you can always search for Lulz on your podcast of choice. I saw someone in the chat earlier shout you out, Brian, for liking the Draft Caddy additions for playoff best ball. Anything you want to say about those? Yeah, we added a, like kind of a beta best ball uh, drafter onto it. So it's got like a new like uh, draft table where it shows the average ADP of the players remaining by team and how many players are you know, have a, have an ADP left on those teams and the next highest available from those stacks, make it a little easier to pick your, pick your stacks. And then the auto recommendation is really simple right now. It's just building four, three, threes, four, three, three. So four and one conference, yeah. friends, three, three, and the other, and we'll update it with like, um, the, uh, uh, schedule when it comes out, like, so that you don't play the same stacks in the first, uh, like two wildcard teams playing against each other, yeah. stuff like that. But for now, yeah, it's just it's just building four three threes, and it's got that uh, that uh, matrix on there that can might be able to help you help you pick your stacks. Awesome, yeah. And uh, we're gonna have like a full week of playoff best ball content over on Ship Chasing next week. So if you want to consume some of that, use the the Brick Tool while drafting, you'll be in good shape. Um, as far as my stuff here, actually was DMing with uh, John Aguiar from from DraftKings. He might be trying to get me squared away here with some deposit stuff. We will see if the deposit slash cash game king can return to his rightful throne. Regardless, tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, this is a different time from the block party. When you book Derek Cardi, Derek Cardi calls the shots. And he said, Mr. Blitz can only do it at 12.30 so the cash game show, 1230, we're also moving up off and on the clock to 1.30. Um, Saturday night, I'm doing DFS After Dark with one of the Guildcast members himself, Nate Nemo Noling. Excited to uh, talk to Nate. And then Sunday, the VIP, it's not a GPP cram. No, it's a cash game cram. That'll be at the usual time of 10.45. Uh, anything else here, Brian, before we power it down? Nope. All right. Appreciate all of you. Good luck in 2024. We'll see you guys around. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters 
Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.